Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast. Today, we're doing another new car. This time, we are doing the facelifted 2022 Mercedes-AMG E63 and E53 sedan, estate, and cabrio. Let's get into it. Mercedes-AMG is shedding more light on the hottest members of the facelifted E-Class model family, including the range-topping E63S Formatic Plus. What a, what a mouthful. As with the regular E-Class, the exterior design revisions are subtle and include a new front grille, an updated rear bumper and diffuser, as well as new wheel designs. The updated face of the new E63 is also aero-optimized, as are the new aer- uh, alloy wheels. The biggest visual difference can be found on the sedan models, which now feature a set of new flatter taillights that extend into the boot lid. Estate models can get their taillights can get their taillights shape unchanged, but they are redesigned. No, can't get. Estate models get to keep their taillight shape unchanged, but they are redesigned to match the look of the sedan. Changes inside are much easier to spot, with the new steering wheel being the main one, featuring double horizontal spokes with haptic controls. Whatever that means. The facelift also introduced the latest version of the M-Bucks infotainment system which is now operated either through a new touchpad, the touchscreen, or haptic controls on the steering wheel. Nothing really changed under the bonnet of the 2021 Mercedes-AMG E63, where you'll still find a twin-turbo 4.0-liter V8 offset in two power levels, 563 horsepower or 571 PS in the regular E63, and 603 horsepower or 612 PS in the E63S. Both models come with a revised 9-speed speed shift transmission, which now feature a wet start-off clutch instead of a torque converter and is accompanied by slightly larger paddles behind the steering wheel. They look longer horizontally, but I'm not they don't look longer vertical or bigger vertically. Mercedes claims that the 2021 E63S, which also features dynamic engine engine mounts, is capable of a 0 to 62 sprint or 100 km per hour sprint in 3.4 seconds, 3.5 seconds for the base E63. The suspension has been updated with new bushings and damper hydraulics to make the German super sedan slash estate more comfortable in everyday driving. Updated Mercedes-AMG E53 gains a drift mode. Just like before, the updated E-Class AMG, AMG family includes the E53 models as well, which are still powered by a twin-turbo 3-liter straight-six engine fitted with the company's EQ Boost Mild Hybrid system. The result is 429 horsepower, 435 PS, and 384 pound-feet or 520 newton-meters of torque, with the EQ boost adding an extra 21 horsepower and 184 pound-feet for short bursts. The biggest hardware change in the updated E53 models is the inclusion of the infamous drift mode as an option bundled together with carbon ceramic brakes. The suspension has been similarly tuned to offer a more comfortable ride in its softer settings. The 2021 Mercedes-AMG E53 sedan is capable of a 0-62 mph sprint or 100kmph sprint in 4.5 seconds, with the coupe model being a tenth of a second quicker at 4.4 seconds. With the technical data out of the way, what do I think of the facelift? I think it looks good. The headlights look to be, I don't, to be honest, I'm kind of blanking on what the old E60, well I say E63, on what the old E models look like, but if I, if I remember correctly, they had more vertical oriented headlights now we have more rhomboid looking horizontally oriented headlights and i like them a lot if anything i almost like them a a little bit better than the vertically oriented ones or at the very least i do like the headlights better than the pre-facelift version because it makes the it makes the eyes look a little meaner to me the grille seems to be 
largely the same. I'm not seeing a difference in shape, at least not a meaningful difference in shape. Again, probably because I'm I'm so cold to what the old one looked like, but I like the grill shape as well. It reminds me a lot of the AMG GT, actually, and that's a very, very good thing. Kind of ties it into the sports car. Almost like the, uh, in every Viper, there's a little Dodge. Almost like that, but Mercedes's version of it. The, the C-panel, or pillar, the C-pillar, the only thing that I don't really like about it is that now, to me, the C-class looks very CLA-like. Looks very, very CLA-like. And I don't really care for the CLA. I, it's weird because the front end looks almost muscular, almost like a muscle car, sort of like a Chevrolet SS. And then you get to the back, and it almost looks really, really feminine. It looks really... The rear end looks really, really weak to me. And what, and what I mean by reek... Weak. Reek. Jesus. What I mean by weak is soft. It doesn't look that muscular, which is almost like a, a tone shift from the front end of the car. You have a very muscular... You have a very muscular, kind of hard-hitting front end. And then you get a really soft, almost almost beautiful rear end, almost like Alfa Romeo Giulia, where, but the thing with the Giulia is that that stays tonally consistent throughout the entire car. The E-Class here doesn't to me. It looks, it looks okay, just, I'm kind of bored of this really smooth A-pillar. I wish there were, I wish the design was a little bit more muscular, had a little, had a few more, dare I say it, creases in the design. The front end is just really butch, really hardcore, as I've been saying, and the C pillar doesn't follow suit. Not as not as butch looking as the front end. And to me that's again, that's a weird difference in tone. But the rear end, kinda similar actually. Well, not similar to that end, but similar in the sense of it looks very CLA-ish to me. Very hold on, this photo. Yeah, this photo definitely makes it look like a long, an elongated CLA. And to me it almost remember the CLS from a while ago? And that to me that the CLS was Mercedes's clown or not clown car, cloud car. Remember the cab forward design that Chrysler was toying with in the '90s with the Stratus and the LHS and a few other cars. Well, maybe not the LHS, but definitely the Concorde. This doesn't have the cloud forward proportions, but it does have the cloud car aesthetic. And the idea behind the cloud car aesthetic was that the three box theory wasn't apparent. And in automotive design, the three box theory means you have the front end, which obviously denotes where the engine and front suspension and front end is. And then you have the second box, which is where the cabin is, which rises a good bit. So, you you know, obviously human occupants can fit properly. And then the roof slopes again for the trunk. That's what the three box theory is. You have the front, the middle, which is rise for occupants. And so it denotes the difference between front and rear. And then the rear. And the CLS, much like the... Original Dodge Intrepid, the three, the Chrysler 300M, the first M series of 300 in the early 2000s, and the Chrysler Concorde, and I think the the Eagle, the Eagle Vision, that's the one. They they didn't follow the three box theory like that, trying to mold the the first box, the second box, and the third box, or the front end, the cabin area, and then the rear end all in this one kind of rounded shape, like a pod, except not nearly as terrible as that. The new C-Class seems to follow, in my opinion, seems to follow a similar similar theory of rebuking the three-box theory. Or it seems to be, it seems to follow a similar, it seems to go along a similar line of rebuking the three-box theory. 
sort of. Here, though, to me, it just it doesn't really work as much. It's just, to me, it's bland. It's bland now, and that's a, that's a real shame. But the, getting back to the rear end, though, seems very CLA-ish to me. And again, that's not necessarily a good thing because I'm not, for me at least, in my opinion, it's not necessarily a good thing because the CLA is an, is a meh, is a kind of meh-looking sedan. Overall, I guess it doesn't look all that different from from most from even the prior C-Class, it's just the new rear clip makes it look a lot more like the CLA. Let's see if we can find an interior shot. We have a lot of exterior shots I'm seeing, but let me get to the interior. I will say, though, for all that moaning about the exterior that I was just doing, I would still take this over the next C-Class, because at the very least, this C-Class has a... Nope, not C-Class, E-Class, I'm sorry. I don't know why I kept saying C-Class this entire time, I meant E-Class. With <laughs> what I should have been saying, though I do agree that it makes it look more like a CLA, is that it, it makes this look a lot more like the C class. They've made the E class look a lot more like the C class, and I find that it, I, I have an issue with that because it makes every Mercedes model look the same now. Like it's just a bigger C class, and that's boring. That's really really boring. But yeah, I meant E class this entire time, and I should have been making the comparison to the C class, which I just did. But yeah, I, I wish it didn't look so much like the C-Class for for little reason, really. Again, Mercedes. It's okay for your cars to look different. I I get having a having a similar a similar, not the same, but a similar front end and a similar looking rear end, but the whole car just looks like a big C-Class now. To me, it has a similar looking C-pillar, similar, just bigger proportions. It's just a big C-Class now. The E-Class isn't distinctive anymore, and that sucks. Enough, enough moaning about the exterior, though. Again, let's get back to the interior. The interior, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm still not quite a fan of the entirely digital display that Mercedes has gone for the gauge cluster and the infotainment, but it doesn't stick on top of the dash like it does on a lot of new cars because it's so horizontally oriented, so I'll give it points for that. It's still attacked on tablet, well, more like a skateboard with a screen on it. That's what it is, and it's it still looks tacked on to me. And I'm not really, I'm not a fan of that, because they, instead of inserting that tablet look, or I say that, instead of inserting the skateboard into the dash, it it's sort of free-floating on its own, and again, that just makes it look a little tacked on. It is integrated a lot better, because it does look like it was designed to be there, thank God, but I'm still not, I'm, it still hasn't grown on me, assuming it ever will. I'm still not a, a big fan of that, but outside of that, I do like the new steering wheel Mercedes has gone for. I like the small circular airbag cover, as you all know. It's a, <laughs> I'm a stickler for that. I'm, it's, it's a very, very small detail that I nitpick about, but to me, it's important. It makes the steering wheel look visually less weighty and easier to toss around and a lot more athletic, and so I appreciate a small, a small airbag cover because it's like old steering wheels. That had a circular, that had a circular, not really airbag cover, but a horn cover, I would imagine it would be. Like the old, like the 70s Dodge steering wheels. That circular kind of airbag cover. Nowadays, we're going back to that. And I prefer that, because again, it makes the steering wheel look less weighty. It makes it look a lot sportier. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And considering this is the E40, E53 and E63 E AMG, I would hope it has a sporty and athletic looking steering wheel. So they've done a good job with that. The buttons on the spokes, um, I think there's a few too many buttons, but I kind of like that it's a quad spoke design rather than a dual spoke design because they split the spokes up. 
on one hand, I think that makes the steering wheel just a little bit needlessly complicated. Yet on the other hand, on the other hand, I I do like that it's different, and I think it's very Mercedes. I like that a lot. They have two little dials below the bottom spoke, though, and I'm not entirely sure what they're for. I I wish they were maybe a little further out there, a little closer to the center spoke. Well, it looks like that from the from the side that I'm looking at. In this photo, you have one button that's closer and then one button that's a little further because the photo isn't straight on. And the button that's further away shows a fairly big difference. Um, I guess it's okay. I'm just, I'm not sure how I feel about those lower dials in, in this specific car. How there's two of them. It just adds a little bit of complexity to the steering wheel that I kind of wish wasn't there. Normally, I'd be okay with dials like that because it looks cool, but I say dials. Well, yeah. They're not dials as in they tell information. They're just dials in that they... You can change settings, but in any case, it adds a little bit of unnecessary complexity to me, but it is what it is. The dash in this model is almost entirely carbon fiber, save for the upper portion of the dash where the air vents are, but the four with the four circular oh no, they went for the Mercedes route. Dang not Mercedes, VW route. Dang it. But with the four circular air vents, I like it a lot. I think it's really premium. The dash material also looks really premium. You have the center console which is also finished in carbon fiber, looks really, really premium. It's all, I almost think it's overkill though. It's just so much, and that's coming from me. And I I adore carbon fiber, but I'm not sure I like it on the lower center console like that. It's almost too much to me, which is terrible. But what I'd rather is that they had carbon fiber inserts here and there rather than the entire thing being carbon fiber. I can't believe I just said that. I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> There's a really, really good photo here I've just seen of the seat they're looking through one of the holes in the seats because they're bucket seats and you can see the steering wheel and the dash that's one of the best photos one of the most creative interior photos i think i've seen in a while that is gorgeous uh let's go to the seat backs hold on that paddle shift that's a that looks good engine full of plastic once again i hate i really do hate how engines these days are just a a plastic fest they're plastic fantastic we used to complain about interiors being full of plastic yet now we don't complain about engines being full of plastic, and that's... We should complain about that now. We need engines to be art like they once were, because this is just... This is sacrilege. This is entirely disappointing. What a boring-looking interior, really. And I suppose that some of the plastic bits help to keep noise down, but... This is a performance model. This is a performance model. Why, why not have some engine noise? I mean, come on. I get that it's also a luxury car, but still, come on, have some engine noise. Ooh, this is a good photo. Yeah, I like the dash. I do like the dash. I like the steering wheel. Honestly, I really, really like the interior. I just wish I could see more of the rear seat. As far as I can see, they don't have, or far, as far as I have seen, there aren't any photos of the rear seat. So let me back out for a second. All right, here we go. So they have some middle, for lack of a better word, in the middle of the seat below where the headrest is, they have some spokes and it's open. And it looks like it's a very brushed aluminum insert that they've put there. And it's gorgeous. And that's what we were looking through in that photo I was complimenting where you look through the hole inside the seat spoke and you can see it towards the steering wheel and the gauge cluster. When I come up for a better word with that, I promise I'll use it, but I just can't think of one right now. But yeah, very honestly to me, it's a gorgeous looking seat. It's a bucket, but it looks comfortable. I adore the way Mercedes designed that seat. I think overall, for the E-Class, I will give it... I think I'll give this facelift a 7.7, .7, maybe a 7.8. The biggest problem is that it just it just looks like 
a massive C-Class now. And that's the biggest issue the E-Class has going for it. But the interior is fantastic. The convertible looks good, if a little dull. The estate and or wagon, gotta love that. Looks big, looks practical. But the interior, fantastic. Probably my favorite Mercedes interior so far. At the very least, until I see the new E-Class interior. Because I, forgot, I have forgotten what that looks like. Anyway, though, I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. Please make sure that you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications so that you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have one on the Podbean mobile app, hey, that's not a problem. Just make sure you boot up wherever you get your podcast before you set off. Then type in Cody's Car Conundrum and choose the episode that you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.